So today's daf is Yudet in Betza. We are on the Mishnah, which is about uh, more than halfway down the Amud. You can't miss it on Yudet Amud Aleph. So this is a very famous machloket uh, actually between Bechamai and Betilel. It's a double machloket. The first one is Bechamai uh, maintains that you cannot do Simichan, a korban, on uh, Yom Tov. That's issue number one. Issue number two is can you bring an Olan Yom Tov? Even an olah that is related to the Yom Tov, because when a person would uh, come to the Beit Hamikdash and the Yom Tov, they would be bringing with them olah Ru'iyah and shalmei chagiga. They would be bringing <coughs> both olah and olah and shlamim that are obligatory and related to the holiday. So the question is, when the person brings them, Beit Shammai has two stringencies. The first one is you can't do semicha on the shlamim, and the second one is that you can't bring the olah at all on the Yom Tov. Beit Hillel says you can do both of those things. You bring the shlamim normally, and you bring the olah normally. Amar Ulaz says the Gemara, Machloket b'shalmei chagiga l'smoch v'olad v'yali karev. The Machloket is about the shalmei chagiga, which is actually the shlamim that relates to the holiday, and also about the olav the holiday. The Beit Shammai safrei v'chagotei moto chag l'shem chagiga in olat v'yalo. Because Beit Shammai maintains that it says chagotei moto chag l'shem, which means you can only bring the chagiga, because it says v'chagotei moto chag l'shem, meaning only the chagiga and not the yola. O Beit Hillel safrei l'shem, Whereas Beit Hillel says anything that you're bringing to honor Hashem, including both the Ola and the Chagiga, can be brought on the Yom Tov. That's the, uh, that, that's the first. But everybody agrees that you can't bring other unrelated Korbanot, whether they be Shlamim or they be, or they be Olot, you cannot bring them on the holiday, on the Yom Tov. Uh, since it's not the time for them, you can't bring Shlamim or Ola, that is unrelated to the holiday. So everybody agrees upon that. And similarly, Ravada Barava said, you can't bring Nidarim and Nidavot on Yom Tov. But the reason being, so the, the bigger Chidush, of course, is that you can't bring Shlamim, because actually you eat some of the Shlamim, so you would think maybe you'd be able to bring it because, uh, because uh, you, you get to eat it, but since it's not primarily for your eating, but it's primarily a Korban, and it doesn't have to be brought on the Yom Tov, it doesn't relate to the Yom Tov, so you can't bring it on the Yom Tov, according to this, according to anybody. Only the Shalmei Chagiga that are obligatory on the Yom Tov and the Olat are uh, being discussed. Now, Metive, they raise an objection. That according to this version, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel never argued about an Ola that's unrelated to Yom Tov, that of course you can't bring it. And Shlamim that are related to Yom Tov, that you can't bring it. The Machloket was about the Ola of the Yom Tov. See what he's adding, basically everything that we said up till now is agreed, agreed upon by Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, except this last point, that, he, that because according to the first version, even Beit Hillel agreed that a Shlamim that is unrelated to the Yom Tov, a person made a neder to bring a Shlamim, uh, he can't bring it on the Yom Tov, according to Ula, what we, and Rav Adah Barava that we saw before. According to this note, that also is the subject of a machloket between uh, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, whether one is allowed to um, uh, whether one is allowed to uh, bring the uh, the uh, korban ashlamim that's unrelated to to the holiday, that itself is a machloket. 
תריד ומאחי, we can correct that and say, אמר רבי שמעון בן אלעזר, לא נחלקו בית שמעון בית הלל על לואש, ושלמים שאינן של יום טוב שאינן כאבים ביום טוב, ועל שלמים שאין של יום טוב שכאבים ביום טוב. על מה נחלקו? על עולש של יום טוב, שבית שמאי אומרים לא יביא, ובית הלל אומרים יביא. In other words, they basically just changed around the entire statement of רבי שמעון בן אלעזר to perfectly match what עולש said before. That they didn't disagree about an עולן שלמים unrelated to יום טוב that you can't bring it. And they didn't disagree that you can bring the Shlamim of the Yom Tov. They were disagreeing about the Ola of the Yom Tov. That's exactly what Ola said before. In other words, it's erasing the problem. However, Rav Yosef, you're just making up. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking out, you're taking out the Tana'im from the world. You're acting like because Ula said a certain interpretation, therefore you're just going to uh, erase what Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said to conform with what Ula said. That shlamim that are related to the Yom Tov, that's where you have a machloket about the smicha, whether you're allowed to lean on the korban or not. This is, a, this is Ula's version, right? Ula, Ula's version. That they're arguing about the korban of the Yom Tov, whether you're allowed to do smicha on it, right? Um, and according to Beit Shammai, you do it before. According to Beit Shammai, you do it on the Yom Tov. According to, uh, uh, according to uh, Beit Shammai, uh, or uh, according to everyone, rather, Nidarim and Nidavot, that are unrelated to the holiday, are, um, you know, are not brought on the Yom Tov. But that's not all that there is to it. In other words, Rav Yosef is saying, just because, um, you know, just because there's a... Uh, uh, a, a Tana that says what um, you don't have to erase what um, what Rabbi Shum ben Alazar seems to say just because it contradicts because we find that there is a Tana that supports Ula in other words you don't have to look at it as a contradiction There's Rabbi Shum ben Alazar is challenging Ula also therefore we have to say we have to change Rabbi Shum ben Alazar to defend Ula no there's another Tana that agrees with Ula that doesn't mean that everybody agrees with him and we see that there's another opinion too. And we're going to see, we're going to find that there are other Tanaim that have this exact debate. So there's two legitimate opinions. And the fact that Ula said that everybody agrees that Nidarim and Nidavot, you don't bring on Yom Tov, doesn't mean that it's the only opinion. There is a, you don't have to defend him from every Tana as if there's no Tana that disagrees. There are Tanaim that disagree. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, he has his support. So, and we're going to see, it says that you can't bring a korban toda on, on the Pesach, because it has chametz. We know that it has the 40 uh, loaves, and among those 40 loaves are chametz loaves. So you cannot bring a korban toda. And you cannot bring it on atzeret and shavuot, because it's a yom tov. But a person can bring the korban toda on chaga sukkot. The Gemara is going to explain all, uh, all of this uh, subsequently. And basically, Basically, um, what it's saying, what the simple meaning would be that on, on Pesach you can't bring the Korban Toda because of the Chametz. On Shavuot you can't bring the Korban Toda because it's Nedarim and Nedavot. It's your own personal, uh, your own personal Neder of, to bring a Toda. And you're not allowed to bring your own personal Nedarim and Nedavot. But when it talks about Sukkot, it means on Cholam Oed. So on Cholam Oed it's not Yom Tov. You can bring whatever you want. That's, the sim- that's what it seems to mean. For Rabbi Shimon Omer, Arei Omer, B'chaga Matzot, B'chaga Shavuot, B'chaga Sukkot. It talks about the Aliyah Regal on Chag HaMatzot, Chag HaShavot, and Chag HaSukot. Kol Sheba Bechag HaMatzot, Bechag HaShavot, Bechag HaSukot. Vechol Shelo Bechag HaMatzot, Eno Bechag HaShavot, Bechag HaSukot. That anything that is brought on Pesach can be brought on, and, and on Chag HaShavot, can be brought on Chag HaSukot. And anything that can't come on Chag HaMatzot can't come on Shavot or Sukot either. We're going to see exactly what that means. The Gemara is going to explain. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Mevi Adam, Todato, Bechag HaSukot. ויוצא בה ידי חובתו משום שמחה, ואין יוצא בה משום חגיגה. 
a person can bring the korban toda on Sukkot and fulfill the mitzvah of simcha by eating the meat. In other words, in eating the meat, he's going to have the mitzvah of eating and celebrating with meat on Yom Tov, but he's not going to have the mitzvah of the chagiga because the chagiga is a korban that has to be specifically designated for the mitzvah of bringing a korban chagiga. You can't, you can't like piggyback on a, uh, another korban that you already had in order to accomplish that. So it won't work. Okay, but the um, but Amar Mor the master said. Now we're going to go back and try to understand this. So obviously you can't bring the korban toda on Pesach. There's chametz in it. There's two different possibilities. We're actually talking about an era of Pesach. Like we've seen before. It's not such a chidush that you can't bring a korban toda on Pesach because after all, it is the, it's prohibited to have chametz. So it would be it would make no sense to bring a korban toda on Pesach. But what it means is even Erev Pesach because you might say, well, I'll bring it in the morning and I'll have time to eat all of it before the Yisrael chametz begins, before the prohibition of chametz. So it's saying, no, you're not allowed to bring kodashim the beta psul. Since a toda is supposed to have a full day that you're allowed to eat it, so you're not allowed to cut the time short by offering it at a time that you know it's going to get cut into. That's why in Erev Yom Kippur also, you can't bring korbanot that are, are two-day korbanot because you know that you're cutting off the deadline. You're not going to be able to give it its full time. So that's why you're not allowed to do it. Even on the 14th of Nisan, you're not allowed to do it. And on Shavuot, the reason is because it's a Yom Tov. Right? Because you're not allowed to bring personal korbanot on Yom Tov. But you can bring it on Chag HaSukot. Emat, when? If you mean on Yom Tov, obviously not. We already said that on, on Atzeret, you can't bring it on Shavuot because it's a Yom Tov. Rather, it means on Sukkot, Cholamoid. You could bring your own personal korbanot on Cholamoid, there's no problem. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Omer, B'chag HaMatzot, B'chag HaShavuot, B'chag HaSukkot, Kol Sheba B'chag HaMatzot, B'chag HaShavuot, B'chag HaSukkot. V'chol Shelo Ba B'chag HaMatzot, Eno Ba B'chag HaShavuot, B'chag HaSukkot. So he's saying, no, since it can't be brought on Chag HaMatzot and Chag HaShavuot, it can't be brought on Chag HaSukkot either. So now, if you're understanding that the point of the previous statement, in other words, the point of the Tanakhama was that you can't bring a, that you can bring the Korban Todah and Cholam Oed. So you're saying Rabbi Shimon says you can't bring a Korban Todah and Cholam Oed. That doesn't make any sense. And you can go chop wood on Cholam Oed. You can't bring a Korban Todah. You can't bring a personal Korban. It doesn't make any sense. What's the problem with, you can do whatever you want pretty much on, on, on Cholam Oed. You can't bring a Korban that's a personal need. On, it doesn't make sense. So therefore, everybody agrees during Cholam Oed, for sure, you could bring a, uh, a Korban, a personal Korban. It's a different issue altogether that he's bringing in, which is the issue of Bal that a person's not allowed to delay the bringing of Korbanot past a certain amount of time. And usually we say that the deadline is three regalim, the three holidays. But how do you shuffle those holidays around is the question. One way is to look at it as quantitative. In other words, if you made a neder before Shavuot, you have three, you have three holidays. Shavuot, then Sukkot, then by Pesach you have to have it taken care of or you violated Baal Another possibility is it's always kesidran. Rabbi Shimon Savar, kesidran in shelo kesidran lo, meaning you always get the full cycle. So if you made a neder before Pesach, then you have Pesach Shavuot, and by Sukkot you should have it done, or you're already in, in you know in a violation. But if you are, if you made the neder before Shavuot, you have Shavuot and Sukkot, and then Pesach Shavuot, and until the following Sukkot, because it has to be three regalim in order for it to be considered bal tachir. And Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Mivadam Tov Chag Sukkot. Emat, when, when the last opinion in the Brighta said 
that a person can bring their um, can bring their uh, uh, their korban toda and chaga sukot emat ilema b'chulosh el moed hanu tanakama. That's the same as what the tanakama said. So what's the chidush in saying you can bring it on sukot? Ela biyom tov. He meant actually on Yom Tov, because in Yom Tov. In other words, there you find an opinion that actually agrees with what it said above. When we said Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, actually before this, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, but basically they're saying the same. In other words, there's this, you can substantiate both the view that you could bring Nidarim and Nidavot on Yom Tov, as well as the view that you cannot. So what we had got onto this discussion, because it seemed like the Gemara felt that it had to defend Ula even to the point of... Um, of uh, tampering with the statement of one of the Tanaim. And we said, no, Ula has his own Tanaim to rely on. There are Tanaim that also disagree and say that you're allowed to bring the Darim and the Devot on the, on the Chagim, or at least hold that according to Beit Hillel, you're allowed to do that. And that would be Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon here, and Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar in the previous Amun. Right? So that's the... Uh, but then the question is... That Umayshna Chaga Sukkot in Akat Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon. So why does he specifically mention Chaga Sukkot? He could have said it's Shavuot also then. If, if he holds that you can bring a Korban Toda and a Yom Tov because you're allowed to bring the Darim and the Devot. And we're going to see the argument later in the Gemara, later in this Perek. They're going to say an argument. Well, first of all, you eat some of it. So it's Ochel Nefesh. And second of all, you know, what you're doing for Lashem Shamayim. What's the problem? It's Lashem Mitzvah. If you can do it Lachem, why can't you do it Lashem? It should be even better to do it Lashem than, than Lachem. You know, they're going to bring arguments to, to substantiate that position later on. That you should be able to bring voluntary korbanot on the Yom Tov. But it says, why does he mention Sukkot? Because the Tamei, the Titania Rabbi Shimon ben Omer, lo yomar chaga Sukkot, sheboa katuv medaber, lama nemar lomar sheze achron. For Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Omer, lomar sheze gorin. So what's the difference? In other words, according to Rabbi Shimon, the rule is it has to be ha'achron. Meaning it's only kisidran that you violate the rule of... Um, so what that means is if you want to have the longest deadline possible, if you want to have the longest extension on your nether, you should make it right before Shavuot. Because then you get Shavuot, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot, and all the way to the next Sukkot, you get you know uh, plenty of time to fulfill your nether. If you did it at, also before Sukkot, so you again, you'll have Sukkot, then another Pesach, Shavuot, until the following Sukkot. Um, but you can have even more time if you did it before Shavuot, because he holds it has to be Kisidran. Rabbi Elazar says, no, Shezegorem. He says, no, the deadline is always Sukkot. Sukkot is the end of the line. So if you made your neder before Pesach, you have time until Sukkot. But if you made your neder right before Sukkot, you also have time only until Sukkot. That's the most stringent. So you have the opinion that says the three are quantitative, that it doesn't matter what order they come in. You're not allowed to let three holidays pass without fulfilling your neder. Then you have Rabbi Shimon that says it's qualitative. You have the cycle. You can't go one full cycle of holidays without having fulfilled your neder. But if you started in the middle, you made the neder in the middle of the cycle, you get a whole cycle after that to satisfy the obligation. And then you have the opinion that no, Sukkot is the end of the cycle. That's, the end, that's where everything has to be done and settled. That's what it means. It's the end of the year. So therefore, if you didn't do it by then, you're in trouble no matter when you made the neder. That's the third opinion. So, but the point is that we discovered through this whole discussion that there is in fact an opinion that says nederim and nedavot can be offered on chagim because... Uh, and the Gemara will give exp- explanations of why that's a, why there's a good reason for that. But the simple the simple answer is that, especially when it comes to to washlamim, you eat the meat, and when and when it comes to even olot, you bring korbanot. You're honoring Hashem. If you can if you can do melacha to honor yourself and to enjoy yourself on the Yom Tov, how can you not do it to honor Hashem? And so, uh, the, but the Gemara will get into that uh, coming up soon. Why can't you fulfill your obligation? You have two korbanot that a person has to bring, as it discusses in Masechet Chagiga. When we get to it, we'll see it that uh, there are two obligations. A person has olat riyah 
and korban chagiga. Ashlamim and an olam. He has to bring when he makes uh, when he makes aliyah the regal. Now he has some time. The ideal would be to bring it as soon as possible, but he has some time, seven days, to be able to fulfill those obligations if he's running late. And uh, it says, So the thing is that it says you can bring your korban todah, the animal of the korban todah you can bring, eat the meat and you fulfill the mitzvah of simchan yom tov. Very nice. But you can't fulfill the obligation of chagiga, which is an offering. Why? Because you have, if you want to fulfill the obligation of chagiga, you have to designate a specific animal that's being uh, offered for that obligation. For the mitzvah of simchat yom tov, you can eat any meat to fulfill the mitzvah of, a yom, of simchat yom tov. Some rishonim say it has to be the meat of a korban. The Rambam actually says, no, nowadays we still have the mitzvah of eating meat on yom tov. It could be whatever meat you have. It's just ideally a korban. But uh, definitely any korban, achilat a korban can be the mitzvah of simchat, but it's not going to fulfill the hakravat uh, chagiga. That, that means you had to have given a special korban. It can't be that you use something that you were already going to give. It's like uh, it's uh, like people who uh, rewrap presents that they received and uh, give them to somebody else. You know, just for, don't forget to take the card out. You know? um, anyway, you can't do that. It has to come from the chuli. Even though he does, in other words, even though he said, "I'm I'm giving, I'm making a neder." I was. I, I almost got in an accident and I, I want to thank Hashem that I was saved. Like, uh, so therefore I'm designating this korban and I'm going to say, but I'm on the tonight that I'm going to bring it as my korban chagi. I want it to be my korban todah for this thing and I'm going to bring the, the lechem, the lachme todah. But I want to say I'll tonight that it's also going to be my korban chagiga. It says you can't even do that. You can't make the neder al minat. You can't do that. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish asked something like this of Rabbi Yochanan. It's like, so if a person says, I want to bring a korban toda, but I want to fulfill the mitzvah of chagiga with it, so I hit two birds with one stone. Or hareni nazir. I want to be nazir, but I don't want to go and get the korbanot. When I finish my nazirut, I want to hit two birds with one stone. I'm going to take the money of the Maser Sheni that normally you have to bring it up to Yerushalayim and you have to buy food and eat it there. I'm going to buy the, uh, the various items related to the fulfillment of the obligation of the Korbanot at the end of the uh, Nizirut and I'm going to use my Maser Sheni money instead of contributing more money. In other words, he's trying to budget. He's trying to, to take a more uh, a budgeted approach. So he says, Mao, Amar le, he said, Nadur veno yotzei, Nazir veno megaleach. He says that uh, if he does that, he fulfilled the mitzvah. In other words, he made the nedir of a, uh, of, a uh, uh, of being a... In other words, the tnai is batelu mivutal. Basically, the condition becomes nullified. The condition is not tofes. So therefore, the uh, ned, so therefore, he becomes obligated in the korban todah, but he cannot fulfill it with the chagiga. Or he cannot fulfill his obligation of chagiga through the uh, todah. And similarly, he will become a nazir, but he cannot... Then go and uh, fulfill the obligation of nizirut using the uh, using the money of the master sheni. It doesn't work. Now it says. Said to somebody said to another person, I want you give four hundred zoos to so and so, and you can marry my daughter. Okay, so it says. So the 400 is now, he, he, he is, uh, the, the, the obligation of giving the 400 uh, zoos is tofes, that comes into being, but the uh, obligation of the marriage doesn't. Because he said, give the money 
and uh, and then get married. In other words, in that case, if he said the obligation of the money first, so then um, he made it a can. If if he sorry, if he made the wedding the uh, um, if he said to him the marriage first, and then he said the money as a condition. So then the, the marriage wouldn't, uh, wouldn't happen, uh, the money wouldn't happen unless the marriage happened because he's saying the marriage and then the money. But if he says the money and then the marriage, so that's an independent thing. He first committed to the money and then to the marriage. So that would mean that he would be off the hook for the wedding part, but he would have the, uh, the, the financial part would come into effect. So the point is that sometimes we see that two things can be interrelated and conditions can, things can be made dependent on one another in, uh, in you know, you can make naim and you can make uh, various conditions on, uh, and stipulations. But just the, the reason why this is being brought in the Gemara now seemingly is because prior to that, it talked about situations where that doesn't work. In other words, where you make a, uh, a condition on your nizirut or you make a condition on your korban toda that is not a valid condition. So you end up with the obligation, but without the, but the condition is nullified. Here you can have a situation where sometimes the condition does go into effect and other times the condition doesn't go into effect depending on the, uh, the circumstances, uh, the order in which the two clauses were formulated. And I'm sure in legal, uh, legalese there are uh, situations like that that ha- come up all the time. That, uh, you know, the positions of clauses in a contract or whatever, I'm sure, have, you know, have some import. I don't know enough about it, but I would assume... Yeah. In advance, of a, in advance of something or after. So there is such a thing. That's how, yeah, that's how you end up with these clauses that read on and on and on and on and they don't really read in English because you need to make sure the clause is in the right place. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they have that in Shtarot, in Halachic Shtarot also, where they have to repeat certain things, they have to reiterate certain things in, in certain places to make sure that it's clear that the, what, what the conditions are and what they aren't and what, you know, and, you know, what is being... Uh, you know, what is being made dependent on something and what isn't and so on. So, uh, yeah, so, the, so that, that's exactly what the Gemara is taking up. But uh, I think it's good. What? Well, oh, yeah, that's a legal term? Yeah, it makes sense that it would, it would be significant. I mean, that's why contracts are so dangerous. But, uh, okay, so this is a good place to stop because the next topic starts all new here, I think. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we'll do it.